Welcome everyone to the Journal of the Youth podcast and where we share different perspectives on art and mental health. On today's episode, I have the honor of sitting with an art therapist, teacher, artist, filmmaker, teacher, and poet, Adriana Marchione. I'm sorry, did I say that right? <laughs> Close. It's Adriana. Okay, Adriana. Adriana. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Welcome and thank you so, so much for taking the time to speak to me today. It's my pleasure. I'm so happy to connect with you across the, across the many miles. <laughs> okay. So would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, sure. Um, is there anything in spe- specific that you'd like me to start with or just Maybe in general? But... Yeah, in general. Yeah, well, I, I, um, I live in San Francisco, California in the United States. Uh, I wasn't born here, but I've lived here for about 30 years. So mm-hmm. I've done most of my, most of my career was developed here. Um, I started and I went to college in Ohio, which is more in the middle of the country, the United States. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I started there with a photography and visual art uh, degree. And so my love for art is very, is very deep. And I you know, knew that I wanted to, to be an artist in some form in the world. And so when I graduated from college, I started finding odd jobs, you know, uh, just to, to support my creative life. So day jobs, I don't know what you call them there, but we call them day jobs. (laughs) And then on the side, I would, you know, I would take photographs, I would work in galleries, I would do different things to get my art life going. Um, And I moved to San Francisco when I was in my early 20s, I was about 22. And I started to, I already had been struggling with my, um, talking about mental health, I already had been struggling with my alcoholism, and drinking had become really a problem for many years for me, and so luckily, or, you know, luckily, but it was very difficult, I, um, I had to get help and support, and then uh, finally found my way into recovery from addiction, and then from there, just really did a lot of the personal work to get get sober, um, gain that sobriety. And then a couple of years afterwards, I began studying art as a therapy and movement and dance and uh, visual art and performance and really learning how to, uh, to, to create from a more personal place and to heal through art. So that is kind of what started my career and I've been teaching, like you said, I've been seeing people individually, one-on-one as a therapist. Uh, and I've been over the last eight years uh, making documentary film. So there's been a lot of different ups and downs and paths that I've taken along the way to get to this point. But um, I feel very grateful to be able to do the work that I do. Okay, so how did you get into art? Was it like a lifelong passion or did you just... How did I start when I was younger? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that I was a sensitive child, very sensitive, very emotional, very... Um, I don't know if I necessarily gravitated towards art when I was young, um, even though my dad had some, my dad and my grandfather on my Italian side, they had some dabbling into painting and art, um, but they, that wasn't their work at all, but it was, I saw that. Um, my my grandmothers were very crafts oriented, so there was crocheting and, and different things that um, they would do to just, like, you know, just make things special. And um, cooking also was like this very important thing. And I feel like cooking is very creative. A lot of cooking and cuisine, good food um, when I was growing up. Um, And so I think that I started doing photography when I was in high school. And I'm not even sure how that began, but somehow I fell into it. And I also was very into music. 
and going to music shows and doing things that um, listening to lots of different bands and uh, where I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio at the time. Um, there was a lot of music. The music scene was very big there. So I think I just, I loved, like I felt more alive when I was connected to, to music or, or art or doing something craftsy. Um, that was something very meaningful for me. So I think it just started like one step at a time. Like I started being pulled to do that. Okay, so do you think that because of your mental health struggles that that was what made you become an art therapist or how did you decide to become an art therapist? Yeah, I definitely do think so. You know, when I, I was really started struggling, I think much earlier than high school, I was struggling with anxiety as a child. I felt very, um, again, I felt like the world sometimes was overwhelming for me. Uh, I had very intense dreams. And when I started drinking, it really calmed my nerves. It helped me to find a different way of experiencing life. I felt more relaxed or I felt more free. And uh, and it was a, it was, it also felt like it was part of an identity that made me feel cool. You know, drinking made me feel cool. It made me fit in in certain, in certain settings. And, um, but, but it was also to manage a lot of the, there's also depression in my family. And um, so it really, I think when I got into my recovery, at first, I didn't know how to make art. Like I didn't know how to do it. It was, everything felt very strange and new for me. Um, but when I started learning a lot of journaling, a lot of very personal um, creativity that I was doing privately, I wasn't showing it to anybody. Um, it felt very soothing for me. It felt like I was organizing myself. And then that led to thinking about, wow, this is really healing for me. Maybe I want to study this. And so expressive arts therapy is the, is right. I often call it arts, art therapy too, but expressive arts therapy is the field that I, I got into. And, and I think that it really helped. It was the study of it, but it really also helped my own journey of recovery, doing the work. Uh, I went to a place where it's called the Tamalpa Institute. And uh, it just, it was so eye-opening. Like I was a part of a group and of, of other people internationally that came to study. And we did dances together and we made art together and we talked about our feelings. And um, it really helped me to learn how to just change my orientation from art as like art is something that was a commodity or it was decorative in the world to something that was deep and meaningful and and really healing for my soul so yes that's really it did it was very important to me and that's when i decided i wanted to support other people with addiction and eventually with grief and eventually also with trauma so do you find that rewarding now? Like, are you happy with what you do? I'm very happy with what I do. Yeah. Um, I'm part of what along the way, you know, as I I've uncovered a lot of my own, I had a lot more understanding of myself and my stories and um, what was happening for me in my life. Um, through my art, like I was able to tell my stories through my art and um, and then help other people tell their stories through art. Uh, and then my husband passed away. I was I be, got married eventually and um, went to someone also in recovery from addiction. But then he, after being together for 12 years, he developed lung cancer and then he passed away. And then my father passed away very suddenly. So then I started doing art around grief, my own grief. And then I did my first film about grief and the arts and going through my personal story and dancing and performing and writing poetry. Uh, and so I felt like 
going through all that and doing it myself and then supporting other people to tell their stories, to express their pain, to speak their truth through art about addiction, about the deep and painful losses or the traumatic experiences. I mean, it's, it's, there's no better thing to me than helping somebody heal and finding joy and purpose and connection through the art process. So um, I'm so, so sorry about your loved ones. I hope you're healing fine. Thank you. So if someone were to walk up to you today and ask you to explain to them what art therapy is, what would you say? (laughs) I know, right? It's not an easy answer sometimes, or it is Mm -hmm. an easy answer, but a lot of people don't they don't know what it is or it's hard for them to to get it. Um, I think it's changing though. I think it's becoming more popular or more well-known, which is really exciting for me because um, there feels like then there's more opportunities for people to, to heal, but also to do the work, right? To come and do the work. Um, I would say, very simply that if you think about therapy as a healing process and that often is done through talking and sharing with another person or with maybe a group if it's a group therapy that it's the same thing it's a healing journey but you're using creative expression to support the process so it just brings it to another level of understanding things that we may not be able to articulate in words, but art can help us speak through visual, you know, through colors, through shapes, through textures, through poetry, through words, through a movement, right? Through a story that art can help us speak to things that sometimes we can't understand or again, put into words. So that's one of the ways that I can and might explain it to somebody. Okay, so what do you think is the biggest misconception that surrounds art therapy? Often people say to me, oh, do you work with children? So for a long time through my career, people would ask me that question and and their idea was if you're doing art is it's more like child's play like people are you know they're doodling or they're it's very um it's not for adults it's not not necessarily a sophisticated field but it's more just developmentally supporting children which is also a wonderful thing i mean i think art therapy helps so many children and i i know people who do that but um but i think that was always felt like a misconception that they didn't understand that no anybody can benefit from using art and most artists in the world actually are in some ways using art to to do something healing for themselves a good majority of artists and and creative acts in the world are about um, doing something meaningful that's healing or maybe healing for the world in some way So you recently premiered your documentary, The Creative High. Do you want to talk about that? (laughs) I did. I did, Sakina. Thank you for asking. Yeah, am I? It's it's almost overwhelming because, I mean, it is overwhelming because it took me and my team six years to complete this project. So it it was a long, long labor of love. Um, and since I had, you know, the experience that art had helped my own recovery from alcohol addiction, and then I worked with so many people for so long, and even my master's thesis, I went back to college and got my master's thesis on and focused on that topic of art and expressive arts healing addiction that it just felt like this natural thing to create a film about artists and their journey and their um, telling their stories, but also listening to 
you know, what happens? How do people go through a process of healing um, from different kinds of perspectives? I wanted to hear lots of different perspectives, musicians and performers and visual artists. And we have a painter and a sculptor and a drag performer and a hip hop artist and rock musician and, you know, different, different perspectives towards how they approached create the creative process or struggled and used their art to tell their own story or find their own peace of mind. Um, so we followed people for a long time, for six, many of them for six years. Um, and yeah, we just had our big opening where we showed the film uh, in San Francisco live. And some people watched it uh, virtually uh, online. And um and then it's the beginning of a, hopefully a very exciting adventure of bringing the film into the world and talking to people about, about art and addiction. And so we're, we're really, um, my producer, Diane Griffin, and our team, our artists, and uh, many people who have been involved are, you know, we're all hoping that the film can make a difference and kind of, because film, as you probably know, right, it it can be very universal. It's it touches more people than just a one-on-one -on -one experience. So I'm I'm really proud of it. That that's awesome, honestly. I personally haven't had the opportunity to watch it yet, but I will. And speaking on making a change in the world, what role do you think artists have to play? in society considering mental health? It's such a good question. I feel like I really want to hear your answer too. <laughs> so maybe you'll tell me after after I tell speak my answer because I'm so curious also about what you're doing there with the Journal of Youth and it's really such a pleasure to to be here and support you and what you're doing there. So um yeah, I I just feel that it's fundamental that art touches touches us on the soul level. It's sacred. It's it's beyond it's beyond understanding often as well that there's something very mysterious that comes from deep within, but it also is a place where we can meet each other and understand each other. Art and creativity, it also can, it can bridge the boundaries, right? It can connect us from Nigeria to the United States. It can help me um, to understand someone's perspective. Like someone tells their story through a film or through a book and I can learn about their lives and I can have empathy for who they are based on their creative act. Um, also, to me, art is, it's both a mental health uh, support because, you know, it, it helps us to, it helps us really, it's, it's almost like I don't have the words for it. Um, it helps us to touch into something that is deeply personal, right? Because we're carrying our lives and our histories and our stories and our emotions through our bodies. And, you know, we carry them. We have all this history. And when we can bring it into art or help others bring it into an art practice or an art or an art um, creation that goes into the world, right, it, it contributes to a feeling of hope. It contributes to a feeling that we're working on something bigger than ourselves. Um, and I think art has a way to, we get out of the ordinary, right? Life can be so hard. There's so much suffering. We can, we can feel so weighted down by the things that happen to us. And when we bring it to art, it, it lifts it to another place. It gives us an opportunity to feel joy, to feel hope, to feel sometimes also, again, that empathy, like, I understand your pain. I'm not so alone in what I go through. And, and so I feel that it's, again, it's fundamental, it's vital to our survival. 
that art is survival. It helps people survive the most difficult things and move through them. It's an anchor and it's a companion. So I feel like on a personal and on a global level, right, that how we can, how we can really empower artists who are doing that kind of work and looking into the difficult subjects and touching into the suffering and transforming it, um, it's to me, it's more important than anything because it's so sacred. It's so, um, it's life-giving. That, that was a beautiful, beautiful answer. And um, I think my perspective on this, the main reason why I started Journal of the Youth is because art, art is a healing process in my eyes. It is a method in which the, the most, the rawest of your emotions can come out on a piece of paper or however you choose to channel that creativity within you to be able to explore your own emotions. And when you're able to share that with the world, I, which is one of the things we do at Journal of the Youth, we um, create a platform where people can share their work with the world. And I think when you're able to share that, you give other people the courage to want to explore their own emotions as well. And also, you, by sharing that, you might find someone who will relate to that work of yours, to relate to that part of your soul that you, that you bear to the world. I, and when that, that happens, it just gives, fosters this sense of understanding between people no matter where they are which is one of the things I love about art you don't have to be together you don't have to necessarily know each other but the feelings that you experience from an artwork is just so connecting that 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 bond is there between the artist and the person viewing that art yes 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 that's that's I love hearing you say all of that and yeah and I want to you know continue to know more about what you're doing there because it sounds like it's growing and it's so it sounds like you're really passionate about it and that's also what it's like it drives us to feel a sense of purpose in the world. And we need that. We need that. To me, that that gives a lot of, it, just, it boosts us. It boosts us to another place of feeling alive, feeling glad to be alive, you know. Oh, okay. So do you want to talk about, um, like, some of the projects that you've worked on apart from your day job, as you call it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, now my day job is, I mean, now my work for quite a while now, my work has all been focused around art and healing. You know, I think mm -hmm. it probably took me about, oh, five, let me think about eight years, eight years or so to, do my training and really start building my work and I and then um, about eight years in or so maybe a little longer uh, I started really everything I did was surrounding art and healing in some way you know whether I ran a program at a, at a university where I would do art exhibits and we would show um, artists from many different walks of life, many different, some international artists, some local artists here in the San Francisco Bay Area um, that were doing art focused around spirituality or art and healing or art and, and social change. Um, and then I started moving fully into my own practice where I was, you know, one on doing the one-on-one -on -one, uh, counseling with people and then teaching and teaching at places where I would do train people to do the work in expressive arts and movement therapy. Um, and, and I've been able to teach in Europe and I've teach taught in South Korea 
and I've you know met people online, many many different places to teach, and um, also Latin America. And you know, so it's been wonderful for me to just have this opportunity through my work to meet an international group of students or clients and colleagues. Um, and then you know, I also did like I mentioned after I went through grief after my husband and father died, which is almost gosh, like 14 years ago now. So it's been a, a while. Is it that long? It's been a while since that happened. Um, that I did wrote a, a poetry book about grief called When the Fall Comes. And then from that, I made a performance where I really documented my dreams and my emotions and my stories around the lost journey. And that was a very important act for me to, to, instead of guiding people and teaching people that it was my journey again, that I was doing it. Um, and I was also doing a lot of tango dancing. I don't know if there, if you do, if there's tango dancing there in uh, Nigeria, but tango dancing is, you know, originally from Argentina. And, um, and so I was also doing dance and that was part of what I brought into my performance, um, the poetry and the dance and the tango and, and storytelling. And, and then I did it to a small audience um, where I brought people in to really witness, like witness my, witness my journey of grief, witness this experience um, through the performance. And it was so moving and it was so healing to have the community there with me and have my my um, artists, collaborators who helped me create the performance with me. And, um, and art held me in that process. It held, it held me, it helped me move through my grief in a different way. Um, and then we made a film out of it because we wanted to document the experience. Um, so that film is available now and people can watch when the fall comes. It's a short 30, 28 minute film. And, and that, having that out in the world also brought people to me who said, we want to do our own performance around grief, or we want to create our own art around grief. And um, so, so that really brought me into my current film project, right, is, is just feeling the power of um, taking the art from a very personal place, and then bringing it to a smaller audience and having people witness, and then to more broader audience um, so it can inspire other people and I like to support people to do work that they can inspire that they can do something that's inspires because then there's this feeling of connection again there's a feeling that wow you know look what look how we can heal together through some of the most painful things that life brings to us but we still we still can have art by our sides. So those are some of the different projects that have helped me and shaped my work in its, cur- in its current form. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's wonderful. wonderful. So what's the most important lesson that you've learned since you started art, like since you, ever since you got into art? What's the most important lesson? That is such a good question. I feel like I want to ponder it for a moment <laughs> just so I can really give you um, give you an honest answer. I mean, there's so many important lessons I've learned. Um, One of the things that happened when I was a young artist is art to me was more about um, look at me, look at me, I'm an artist, right? It was it was about wanting to, I mean, I still want to have success because I'm an ambitious person, but but really wanting to have success, wanting to feel like, um, wanting to feel special, wanting attention, you know, and 
over time, what I've really learned, and I think that I always have to come back to, is that I want art to be of service to other people. I want I want the creative process to help me heal. But if I'm doing it publicly, I also want it to have an impact. And I, I think continuing to let the art speak for itself, that the art has its own voice and that I'm just I'm just there facilitating it. I'm not necessarily I don't necessarily own it that the the art wants to speak through me and so that to me is really important in the larger sense right of having it be public having it be a shared experience um, so that's one of the important lessons for me and I think the other one is that that art in itself is transformational and, and one of my teachers Stephen Levine um, who's an expressive arts one of the founders I think of him as that and he's written a lot about expressive arts therapy and um, but he talks about art it's excel the art is its transformation or expressive arts therapy itself also in itself just doing something it can even be so simple right it can be so simple of like doing a five minute drawing or writing a poem about your emotional struggle and making a practice out of the art over time um, that just doing it in itself touches into something very soulful and sacred and it helps to it helps us to change our orientation you know it it life can be a grind life can be so like ugh, and now we got to do the dishes and now we got to pay the bills and now we have to figure out how you know to manage the next <laughs> challenge ahead of us but art gives us a space to to rest it can give us a space to really feel our feelings be honest with what's present and so i think that's to me one of the one of, that's been one of the most important lessons is um just to ex just express just do it make art in some way because it will change you it will it will bring you to more joy and presence and peace i think i think that's one of the biggest things that one has to learn about art is that when you let go of the expectations that you have for for art like when you just let it out without any expectation of oh this is what it's supposed to look like feel like or sound like it it just makes that it makes it so much more real and actually it's more helpful because when you when you set a constraint that your art is supposed to look like this or feel like this you then stop yourself from doing certain things that you otherwise would have done if you didn't have those constraints like i don't know how to put this really but then basically the fact that if you try to box something that's not supposed to be boxed it ends up not being as helpful as it, as it should have been because when you when you force yourself to, okay, say, well, this art, it's for me, but it has to look like this, then it's no longer for you. It's for the expectations that you have for that piece. Yes. Yes, I so agree with you. And I do think that's the beauty of expressive arts therapy and, and, and in general, the field of doing art as a healing practice, too, is that we really want to have that freedom of expression, like you said, that we don't want to feel like, oh, it, it has to look like, okay, I'm going to draw a cat and it needs to look like a cat and I need to know exactly how to, right, you know, I got to draw the whiskers right and I have to, um, but instead that, that it's about letting your insides just come out onto the expression, right, onto the page, onto the, onto the, journal onto the into the dance 
Right. So just it's there's so much more the art can do if we let it breathe, if we just let it speak in a in a more organic way. And I think that's that's part of the message of arts therapy is it's about the process. I mean, we sometimes want something that we're proud of at the end of it, but that's in some ways not not the main point. It's about allowing us to again, giving us a voice. I think there's more in what you said, but I really love what you're saying about don't put it in a box. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So can you explain the process of art therapy? Like for our listeners, how would an art therapy session look like? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's different if I'm doing one-on-one or I'm doing a group. It can be very different. Uh, but in terms of a one-on-one session, you know, it's every person comes to me with what, you know, what they're dealing with, what they're struggling with. They Usually people don't come to therapy or counseling or an expressive art session without <laughs> a problem, right? So, you know, we talk, like we talk, what's happening? We get a framework for what is alive with them. Um what the challenge, how the challenge is, is coming to them or uh, what they're facing. And then usually what I'll do is, you know, we'll, we'll take a little time to listen to what, what's happening in the body, listen to the emotions, um, listen to the story, maybe with a meditation or a quiet moment. And then I'll have them have some paper, some sketch paper, different materials, whatever they have with them, or if they're my office, I have the materials right now, everything's been online, but, um, and then, and then I'll have them put, put something that they're feeling or experiencing into a sketch, into a very quick image, you know, um, and that might be three minutes, it might be five minutes, sometimes it might be 10 minutes, depending on the person, uh, and after that, if they're comfortable, I, I will have someone do some very simple gestures or movements that come out of the drawing. Like, what if that color could speak? How would it speak? Uh, if that if that image could give you a gesture, what gesture might it do? What might it create? Um, sometimes I'll have people do a little writing. Okay, you just created this sketch or sometimes I'll have I've had people do collage I have images and they put something together um just what do you see when you look at this image what do you feel what do you imagine what do you remember and just take a little time to to really be curious and interview the piece that has arrived that has shown up uh, and then after that you know we'll we'll talk we'll go back to it together and will explore and they'll share their writing or I'll share how when I look at the drawing what I or the collage or I hear their words you know what what I experience um, what I imagine as well Um, and it just becomes an active dialogue of curiosity letting the art be the third element letting the art bring the wisdom you know um and then I often give people some kind of takeaway, like, what would you do next? Maybe there's another visual art piece. Maybe there's a story you want to write. Maybe there's an action in your life you want to take on that challenge that you'd like to come away with. Um, so so that's, that's kind of the framework is, you know, coming in, facing the challenge or maybe even uh, bringing in something that's actually joyful, like a resource that they might also need to bring into the session or into their lives through the art. And then we dialogue, we were curious about it, we let the art have a voice, and then we move into some kind of homework, takeaway, something they can really like bring the art into the, into their life. So it has it gives them more energy. It gives them more resource. It gives them uh, maybe an answer, maybe not. 
that it helps with the healing process. That that's that's wonderful. That's interesting. Um, so, is that the same framework that a group session would follow, or is it a bit different? Group sessions. I've done so many different kinds of group sessions. I've done courses over three months. I've done trainings over a year. Um, group sometimes is, or I've done more group, you know, therapy where people are are really um, going through a, a process over time or even just over one day. Um, I recently did a New Year's visioning workshop for a group of people and we worked on looking at our dreams and so we did movement and we did drawing and we did poems on dreams for the year and um, so what I like about when you're working with a group is you have the opportunity to create together or you have the opportunity to sit with somebody and look at their drawing and and talk about what they came came out with or that you can share your poems with with others and and get that feedback and support in community so so often the group work to me there's more opportunities to really dive into the creative process and uh, people can go and I can give them 15 minutes to go and you know create a self-portrait or do you know do a um, art piece about about this specific challenge in your life and let's create that and then there's just more space there's more time because it's hopefully you know not just an hour but we can spread out over time and and explore so there's many different ways that I do group work but what I love is the is that being able to witness and get that feedback from others um, also that empathy that when people are coming together around a shared topic like I've done workshops around loss right or addiction so people are coming together around a shared theme and then they can talk about that they can make art about that and they can they can feel like yeah you hear me you've been through this and we can have our art speak to the many faces of of our of our journey of our process um yeah okay so what is the what is your favorite most rewarding part of being an art therapist? <laughs> I think that's that's so easy, really, for me to answer that question. Um, and just talking with you is is part of it. It feels like it's part of it. Um, when I get to see somebody be inspired or really change or heal through their creative life and through the work that we do together, when I really can feel the impact that I've helped somebody change in a deep way or um, get out of the pain that they've been in and, and find, you know, their reason for living again or feel, get to the other side of their grief or their addiction. Um, I've had so many people I've worked with over the years that I'm still in touch with and I've seen their lives just, just flourish and I see their creative life. Um, so many artists that I've worked with that, you know, they've been able to heal and then because of that, they're able to really, really bring their work out into the world. They're, they're able to make an impact. Uh, so that to me is the biggest reward is seeing people change and helping other people make an impact in the world and be inspired uh, by what I've done or what we've done together to create that opportunity for more, you know, for more hope, more, more life, you know, more renew, renewal for renewal. That's beautiful, honestly. I feel like the impact that we make through whatever it is that we do, the impact we make on others, that the feeling that we get that what we're doing is not just 
ourselves like it's bigger than ourselves i think that's the best part of doing something that you're really passionate about exactly yes and you're doing the same thing you know by sharing sharing this podcast that you're you know that you're putting out into the world by also just speaking to the message of art because i'm i'm sure that that's it's so much a part of what you've done to heal i imagine or what you're doing to to heal in your life as well um the one of the factors that played into why i started journal of the earth is that for me my expressive art is short story writing and poetry writing and when i write i often feel like i'm just pouring out a part of myself that normally i wouldn't want anyone to see i wouldn't want anyone to know about because it's basically me showing the vulnerable sides of myself through my writing and getting the courage to share that with the world is one of the biggest things that i've done in my life to begin my own healing journey my own personal growth i should say because because when i let go of the expectations that i have of certain things in my life i feel it feels so much more rewarding to do the things that i've been doing because personally i haven't picked up a pen to write in a long long time because of these expectations and while i'm trying to bring myself back to it because we all have those dark times where we can't necessarily do the things that we used to the things that used to help us heal because maybe it's because we're in too deep in a situation that we can't really it's like you're digging a hole but then you're asking someone to keep covering you with the sand that you push up so <laughs> right. in a way that you can't really see what's up or down and well you you know that you're there you keep trying to get out and I feel like it's going to be a gradual process that there's always going to be ups and downs and things like that so yeah that's one Well, you know what I would say to you. Oh, I was going to give you a no, thought no, on what you just shared. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes I think that's very true. Is that we can't create in the way we used to create, or what we're going through something that feels hard to hard to to speak about or even make art about. There are times when I think we get stuck, and that's a normal reaction. And one thing that I've found is I've just had to wait. I've had to wait sometimes and just say, okay, this is not, this is not accessible to me. Maybe I'm not going to be able to tell these stories right now or right in this moment. Um, but to know that you can come back to it, right? And or do something different. Like sometimes I've been like, yeah, I can't. Maybe I can't dance my emotions or I can't dance in a more honest way, but I can go and I can do more structured dance. I can do more playful dance. Maybe I'm going to do when I did tango dance for a while, that was the only thing I could do. I couldn't draw at the time. I couldn't, it felt like it was hard to do a lot of the other things when I was going through grief. Um, so I just had to do things that felt safer or that felt more playful sometimes. Uh, so I find that that's also mixing it up and changing and letting yourself have a break until you're ready to get back to the more difficult topics or that you're ready to express some of the pain that for the moment you just can't go there. So I think trusting that is also really important. And I try to have people find safety uh, and still like rest in creativity in some way, but maybe sometimes it's about being an art appreciator or, you know, reading books that inspire you or 
going to watch a film that gives you a lot of joy and excitement or but but you can't make it at the time so that's definitely something that i would suggest and have shared with people when they feel stuck that that's a wonderful thought that's a wonderful suggestion um okay so still on this topic how do you push through your worst times well it depends on what the restraints are right that sometimes you don't want to push you know sometimes it's about giving yourself a break or just letting yourself be off the hook right um and saying well maybe i'm not going to create right now maybe this isn't a time to create maybe it's a time to rest or it's a time to um to do something that yeah just that helps you get out of the the stress of the moment because sometimes restraints are there's telling us something but other times i think the inner critic or the self-doubt right or the resistance to making art is important to push through and to me what i try to help people do is like identify it so okay there's the critic or there's the self-doubt uh, maybe you might want to make some art about that like maybe the inner critic wants to maybe you want to do a poem in honor of the critic right or in honor of the fear um and let it speak but don't let it take over the process let your wise voice or let the the natural expression that wants to be free to happen and so sometimes to me it's like knowing you're going to have resistance and fear but not letting it run the show um, and getting support you know getting encouragement and support from people who've been able to move through their own constraints and and get to the other side of it so to me that's also really helpful is like sometimes we need to lean into other people or we need a group or we need a mentor um so that's definitely what i've done is i've brought people in to help me when i felt stuck uh, and i've also honored the critic sometimes i light a candle here's my critic i'm gonna honor you i know you're there but you're not allowed to take over my process you know That's wonderful. So what is the best piece of advice that you've been given? Oh, goodness. The best piece of of advice. Um, hmm. Well, I... um, I think I touched on it a little bit is sometimes we don't sometimes maybe we can't make art but we can take in art right uh which means if i'm stuck like we were just talking about or if i'm in a lot of pain and i don't feel like i i can access it especially when we're dealing with some of the heavy things the really heavy things of life um so that was a really important piece of advice for me when I was really struggling was, okay, I'm not going to force myself. I'm going to let it take its time until the art, when I have enough resources, when I have enough energy to really make the life, the, the art come into life. Like with my grief performance, for instance. Um, and the other thing I think is, is pers- being persistent. You know, really staying with it and being persistent. I've had a lot of people tell me that when I felt like I can't finish this film that I just finished after six years, I don't know if I can get through this. I don't know if I can complete it. It's too hard. It's too much work. Or, you know, the the, the art takes a lot of, it takes a lot of energy from us at times. It takes, um, it, it can be, it can demand, it can demand, especially if we're, if we want to do big things, like if we want to write a book or if we want to share our art with the world or we want to create a project that involves a lot of people. So I think persistence is, is important to, to stay with it, to trust that it's worth it, you know, because the art, the art will 
feed you and nourish you and it will it'll it will carry you but you have to put the work in to get there that's that's wonderful so if you had one piece of advice to give our listeners what would that be Mm. take time to listen to yourself like really take the time to listen to what your vision is what your dream is um, and listen to what your inner voice wants to say and how it wants to express itself because the world is demanding uh, with so many distractions you know uh, people in our lives having to make a living and try to figure out how to survive how to deal with a pandemic, how to deal, right? There's so many demands in the world. So to me that wherever you can find time to be quiet, to listen, to really be true to yourself and know that your art has value and it matters and that your creativity doesn't matter who you are. Um, everyone has a creative voice inside them. I really believe that. Um, but if you're really drawn to it, if you really know that you're a creative soul, um, that trust that it will find its way, but it needs your, it needs your attention. It needs, it needs that time and space to nurture and to grow. That's, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. I think, I think taking the time to listen to ourselves is very important as well because how else are you gonna begin to understand yourself and sometimes sometimes you might begin to listen to yourself in ways that you didn't know that you could before like if you find an outlet maybe that's just the inner you trying to tell you that oh this is a way that we can understand each other more this is a way that i can understand myself more and I think once you start to, once you begin to understand yourself in that, on that level, it just takes you to a whole new perspective on how you view yourself and the things in your life. Yeah. And not letting the, sometimes we can get so influenced by what we think we need to create or what we think the world wants or, um, yeah, just even seeking attention as an artist, like, oh, I want attention. I want people to like me, right? Um, but instead, like letting that inner voice and letting our own, like having whatever, in whatever way people can listen, whether it's walking or meditating or drawing or listening to music or dancing or, you know, whatever way you can listen and take that space, um, then you can be more authentic. And that's what we need. We don't, we don't need any, um, I mean, yeah, we need that, we need that inner light to come out. So. That's, that's wonderful. And so thank you so, so much for speaking to me today. So you have uh, a minute or so to just give a call to action to our guests, to our listeners. So you can talk about where we can find your film, where we can find you on the internet or how people can connect with you. Okay, great. So um, they can find me through adrianamarchion.com. So that's my website for my work. And so people can, can find me there. And um, if you go to my film page, uh, which is on my website, my adrianamarchion.com, you can find information about my two films. And when the fall comes, my first film, you can rent that easily. Um, that information is there. You can also go to whenthefallcomes.com. And my new film, The Creative High, won't be available for a while um, because right now it's at a festival just for a couple more days. But then after that, um, it, it will be going to more festivals and it won't necessarily be available probably for six months to a year before people can watch it. Um, but who knows? We'll, we'll be, maybe we'll come to Nigeria. You never know. <laughs> and show the film there at a festival. Um, but we're, we're um, 
yeah, but they can also find me on Instagram. They can find me on Facebook. And I always love hearing from people. And, um, you know, people can message me there or send me an email. And, um, and we can talk about art. And we can talk about maybe how they can get involved in my work. Because uh, I have a course happening in the fall and um, different seminars that I'm doing in the spring. And so I um, always like to have opportunities for people to come and join me online because all of it is online right now that's that's beautiful that's interesting thank you all so so much to those of you who made it to the end of our first ever episode of the journal of the youth podcast i had an amazing time speaking with adriana today and i hope you found value in listening as much as speaking to her until next time